Welcome to NRCM's podcast, Frontline Voices. My name is Carly Peruccio, and you're listening to part two of our series on the Land Conservation Task Force and Land for Maine's Future. In this episode, you'll hear my conversation with Senator Kathy Breen. She was part of the task force, and recently she introduced a bill in the legislature that would revitalize the LMF program and make sure that Maine state parks can stay accessible and safe for everyone who visits them. Senator Breen talks about the reasons she supports LMF, and you'll also learn about the role that LMF has played in her own community. Here's my conversation with Kathy. My name is Kathy Breen, and I represent the communities of Falmouth, Cumberland, Yarmouth, Gray, half of Westbrook, Shabig Island, and Long Island in the Maine Senate. Excellent. Well, thanks so much. Um, you've introduced a bill with over 100 co-sponsors in support of a bond package for Land for Maine's future and Maine State Park System. I guess we could start with LMF. Would you tell us a bit about why you think LMF is good for Maine and why now is a good time for a bond? Well, historically, the Land for Maine's future program started about 30 years ago, and it has helped conserve a lot of working forests, farmland, conservation land, recreational space, working waterfronts all over Maine for those 30 years. It's enjoyed a lot of bipartisan support because the programs are in communities and they usually grow from the bottom up when they get funding. It's a very organic process because the local communities come forward to the state and say, we are interested in conserving this parcel for one reason or another. And then that project gets rated by the LMF board and by a rigorous set of criteria to see how it meets the state's goals and how it competes with other local projects that are trying to get state funding. So when a local project gets state approval from the Land for Maine's Future board, it's really a great tool for them to then leverage money from private sources in their communities and from other places. So typically, and I think this is really important for voters to remember, the Land for Maine's future grants are usually under 20% of the total cost of the conservation project. But what the LMF contribution does, it, it gives the project a lot of status so that people in the community know it's not just the community that wants to save this working waterfront or forested land or habitat or what have you, but the entire state of Maine thinks it's a really important thing to preserve. So that's been the strength of the the program over 30 years. And in the district I represent, we've had a lot of LMF projects that have been really successful. The last one in my district that was very high profile is in Cumberland Center. It's the Knights Hill parcel. Unfortunately, it got caught up in the last administration's hostility toward LMF But with some local money, we were able to get it to close on time. And then when the LMF money did finally get put through by the legislature, those parties were reimbursed. So it came out to be a happy ending, but it was a little bumpy there. I would actually love to hear a bit more. You said that there are a few different LMF projects in your district. And so could you just tell me a bit about those and how the community uses them? I just want to give listeners a sense of the way that LMF is directly impacting the lives of community members here. Right. Well, one of them is the, what I just said about um, the Knights Hill Preserve, and that was a family organization that had put together the parcel 
over decades, and a lot of scouting groups had used it for weekend and outdoor camping and that sort of thing. There's a big pond in the middle of it that gets frozen every year, and so the community shovels it so that folks can ice skate on it. That's so nice. And keeps it clean, and fishing is certainly allowed. I mean, one of the things LMF supports is fishing and hunting and all those sorts of sports as well. The other project is a working farm also happens to be in the town of Cumberland, where older family who had a farm that was wanting to sell, you know, they had aged and they wanted to turn over the parcel to another farmer, but they didn't have anybody in their family. You know, the easy thing would have just would have been to just sell it to a developer and cash out, but these folks really wanted to do something different. So they worked with the Maine Farmland Trust and with Land for Maine's Future and um, they were able to put together a deal so that there's a conservation easement. It's still in farming, that's the bottom line, is that it's a farm that's been in the town of Cumberland for a long time, and it's gonna stay in the town of Cumberland for a long time rather than get developed. So as a lot of people know, there's Maine has the lowest average age of farmers in the entire United States. There are a lot of people coming to Maine to do local agriculture, and it's part of sort of a homegrown economic development development project. And in Cumberland County in particular, that land is really expensive these days. So if we want to keep local agriculture in our communities, using the Land for Maine's Future is a really good way to do it. The last piece that was in that set of projects was an island in Casco Bay called Clabbered Island. And again, it had been in private property for many, many years, but people regularly would get out and use the beach and kayak and, you know, use it when they were out in Casco Bay. And so, again, there was a local group that came together when it went on the market to try to save it for public use. Now a much bigger part of it will stay permanently available to the public and folks who are out using Casco Bay. Well, that's really impressive because, you know, in just an example of a single district, there are a lot of different types of LMF projects represented. And when I'm thinking of LMF, it seems like it's the sort of program that is helpful to maintain kind of the character of a community, but also its economy too. Absolutely. I think it's important to remember that Maine has a long legacy of resource-based economic growth. And having Land for Maine's future support that is really important. I think there's a myth out there that, that the state is just buying up conservation land just for people to go hiking and, you know, just for rich people to go have their recreational fun. But the truth is that really is a myth because what it really does support is working waterfronts, you know, which are facing more and more development pressure as we are right now in really good economic times and the housing market is really strong. There are a lot of developers who know they can make a lot of money, understandably, on condo developments or housing developments on water, on water sure we've seen that in portland and that continues to be an ongoing issue in, in portland but there are also smaller towns along the coast where a little bit of lmf money can really make a difference in preserving a town's working waterfront and we need to keep doing that and the other thing is like some of the land that lmf has helped conserve is being actively forested and used in you know forest products industry and as we also know, you know, the forest products industry and the paper industry has really taken a hit. So if we can do a little good to keep some of the smaller parcels in working forests, then that's all to the good as well. Sure. So what I'm hearing you say then is at times of economic transition, whether it's a farm or a working waterfront or, you know, a parcel of forest, if 
land could potentially change hands and there is some development pressure, LMF can be kind of a stabilizing tool to help make sure that that place can can stay working as a working waterfront available for public use or exactly. stay as a you know working forest. Exactly. Yeah. And especially when everybody knows about Maine's aging demographic and the fact that there are a lot of baby boomers now and not enough young people coming up behind, this is a great tool, one of the many tools we need to make sure that as baby boomers retire and hand over properties and businesses and that sort of thing, that the state is tracking that and trying to give some help to younger people who want to continue in those industries. Thanks for walking us through what LMF is. Uh, the next part of the bond that you've introduced is about state parks maintenance. And, you know, I've learned from the task force process, which we will talk about in a second, yes. there is a maintenance backlog for Maine state parks. So as a legislator, you know, what's your pitch to someone um, when you're trying to say it's in the interests of Maine for our state parks to be well-maintained? What right. would you say? I just want to back up for a minute to the task force because this recent bond came out of about almost a year's worth of work with a very diverse group of people <laughs> who were brought together by the Maine Coast Heritage Trust and the Sportsman Alliance of Maine to sort of assess what our conservation efforts have achieved and then try to plan for the future. And one of the things that came out of the task force sort of assessing what we do well, what we need to improve on, is that there was a really strong recommendation and theme that we need to take better care of the things we've already conserved. That would be the theme of taking better care of our state parks. Another theme was getting more people more access to what we've already conserved. So for instance, there are a lot of state parks that have a huge backlog of capital improvements, accessibility improvements. So part of this bond would give about $5 million to the state park system over five years so that they can begin to tackle some of those infrastructure problems so that people with mobility issues have much more access to state parks, so that the showers and all the um, plumbing infrastructure is in good shape, that the cooking infrastructure is in good shape. So folks can really enjoy it, do a staycation, you know, keep their recreation and vacation money in the state of Maine. Sure. And then it's also better for out-of-state visitors, you know, so folks will keep coming back and go home and tell their friends about the the great state park system we have in Maine and get more people to visit. Yeah, and so when you look at this bond picture as a whole, you kind of have... It's a great, a little bit for everybody kind of thing. And um, I do think that it's responsible, you know, once you have conserved assets or once you've built assets, you know, Mainers like to take care of what we have. It's prudent, it's responsible, it's the adult thing to do. It's a real strong value in Maine of, you know, take care of what we already have. Sure. And returning to the task force, I would love to hear some of your reflections on the process because it was happening for almost a full year. I think it started in May. So what was your experience like and what did you learn? Well, I was really impressed with the stakeholder group that the two chairing organizations put together. And I was really honored to be invited. I was one of two legislators at the time, sitting legislators who were invited. I'm a Democrat, uh, Representative Pat Corey, who's a Republican. One from the Senate, one from the House, one from both sides of the aisle. It really made a lot of sense. And I think maybe part of that was my history with the LMF program, having worked on it at the local level and that sort of thing. So I was really pleased to be invited. I was really impressed with the breadth of people, um, the geographic breadth 
the industry breadth. You know, there were people there who have commercial interests in conservation, who have wildlife interests, who have recreational interests, um, hunting and fishing priorities. It was really a very diverse group, both demographically and geographically. And then every meeting, once a month, we would have people come in with a certain theme and present on what their priorities were. We just kept getting more and more information. The meetings I was able to participate in were just really, really rich um, learning experiences for the way that Maine people, Maine organizations, Maine businesses value our conservation efforts. The task force will make publicly available its final report. I've read it and it has a whole lot of recommendations, not just related to LMF, but it's kind of land conservation in general and thinking about the the future of conservation in Maine. Specifically, as it relates to LMF, the task force is recommending a bond package identical to yours. And so would you walk listeners through what happens next in terms of this bill that you've introduced? Sure. Well, the recommendations for the task force are going to come out, going to be announced publicly on Tuesday, March 5th. We're going to have a press conference at the State House. So we'll have the organizations that led the task force and some of the folks who participated in it, and then Representative Corey and his bills related to the task force and my bill. And you're right, there were a lot of recommendations that had nothing to do with the legislature. There's great recommendations for businesses, for land trusts, for conservation groups, for wildlife specialists, for working waterfront, for farmland experts. You know, there's an enormous amount of opportunity for all different sorts of parties that have nothing to do with the legislature. Sure. So I think all of those are really promising as well. However, the one that I'm sponsoring in the legislature is a bond, and what that means is that we issue debt, and that's not that unusual for capital projects. You know, we issue bonds to build bridges and roads. We issue bonds to build schools. For instance, last year we passed a bond to make a bunch of improvements in the humane system and the community college system. So bonds are used not for operating money, but for capital improvements and for capital investments. So the LMF program has been funded by bonds in the past, so this is consistent with the past practice. And I invited anybody who wanted to sign on as a co-sponsor across the aisle in both chambers, and I was really pleased that we have 104 co-sponsors. So a pretty impressive list. That really speaks to the history of the program sure. and how familiar legislators are with it and how much it means to the people we all represent. So eventually it'll have a hearing in front of appropriations like all bond bills do. There are an enormous number of bonds already. Um, there's a lot of pent-up demand for capital improvements in the state. And so this will have to compete with all the others. It will probably get decided later in the session and we will be working closely with the governor's office because typically the governor's office has a proposal for a bond package and my hope is that this will be in the governor's but if it's not then you know a negotiation ensues and we see where we get. The governor is coming to the uh, press conference so I'm really pleased that this is certainly on her radar and, and something she's tuned into and wants to participate in. Well, thank you. You know, I'd like to think that this podcast tells people about LMF, but it's also kind of a civics lesson. Yes. I used to teach civics, and so uh, sometimes I get a little (laughs) civics teacher-like 
No, that's great. I want people to understand how things work. It's, yeah. It's not, it's not that complicated. I don't want it to be so mysterious, you know? People just understand they can engage better. Sure. And from what I understand, when there is a public hearing about this, people can show up and say what they think. Absolutely. And so if anyone's listening and you think, I'm excited about LMF. All those folks need to know is the LD number. So get it ready to write this down. <laughs> LD911 just a random number because all the bills go in and get numbers but it's ld911 and that's what you should track if you go on to maine.gov and you look to try to track legislation when the public hearing is going to be um ld911 is the bill and that's your best way to track it well thanks so much and you know is there anything else you'd like to add uh, no, I just want to thank you for inviting me, and um, I hope that folks who want to know more will feel, feel free to email me in the legislature, and um, I look really forward to the rollout. The task force has just done an enormous amount of work, and I think Maine people will be really proud of the effort that went into that, and um, I'm really proud to be a part of the whole effort, so I'm glad to talk about it. Well, absolutely. And I'll say thank you for all the work that you've done to um, be part of the task force and now with this LMF bond. So thanks so much. Thank you. Many thanks to Senator Kathy Breen for joining us on Frontline Voices, and thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to learn more about LMF and LD911, which I'm sure you won't forget anytime soon, please visit our website at nrcm.org, and be sure to check out the other episodes of our LMF series. In one of them, I speak with Tim Glidden of the Maine Coast Heritage Trust, and the other is with Representative Pat Corey, who is also on the task force. Thanks again. 